This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Today on episode number 683, we have a bunch of topics. The main one I want to talk to you about is where do you think people are going to find your podcast more? In Apple or Google? Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast consultant, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, I help you massage your message. I help you tackle the technology. We're kind of talking about that today. I help you face your fears and flatten the learning curve and get you going, not just podcasting, but get you going in the right direction. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. If you go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, use the coupon code LISTENER because, well, you're a listener. It's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription, and or you can buy them, of course, a la carte. I always like to start off the show with a Because of My Podcast story, and we have one today from Seth from Geekville Radio. Take it away, Seth. Hello, Dave. Hello, School of Podcast listeners. This is Seth, a.k.a. Xandrax from Geekville Radio, available at geekvilleradio.com and wherever fine podcasts can be found. I just want to pass on this because of my podcast story, because I got some very surprising but welcome news. I actually was not expecting this to happen, but I figured, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I ask and they say no. Well, I managed to get press credentials for the upcoming Chicago Comic Con that is happening in a couple of weeks simply because I had a podcast that, among other things, covers Comic-Cons. So they granted me the press credentials, and really how press credentials work, at least in my case, is it gets you into the door, so it's not a complete free ride. You know, you, I, I still have to pay for anything after that, whether it's a photo op or, or something like that. But still, my podcast was enough to get me into the doors of one of the things I love doing, which is attending geek comic cons and talking about them later on my podcast. So it never hurts to try, ladies and gentlemen. The worst that can happen is you ask and they say no, and your life goes on with no differences whatsoever. Once again, this is Seth, a.k.a. Zandrax from geekvilleradio.com. And keep up the good work, Dave. Keep up the good work, listeners. And we'll talk to you again sometime. Thank you so much, Seth. There's a guy that is using an ATR2100, and I've got some more people coming. If you have a, a Because of My Podcast story, just go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. And I also want to say this. If you have sent in a Because of My Podcast story in the past and you're like, Dave, I've never heard it, do me a favor and give me a nudge at schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact because I try to keep track of those, but it's kind of uh, feast or famine. I either have none of them or I get a ton of them at once. And sometimes I'm worried that somebody gave me one. And I've never actually put it into the show, but he's using a uh, inexpensive microphone, the ATR 2100, which is uh, part of the thing in my gear guide. If you want to uh, check that out, I'll have links to, there's a lot of resources today. School of podcasting.com slash six, eight, three. And right now I'm using a new microphone. I'm testing it out, and that is the Rode PodMic. And what's great about this microphone is it's a weapon. This is not something that you have to worry about breaking. It is super durable. 
and it weighs a ton. Like if somebody came into your studio, all you have to do is disconnect your microphone and wing it at them, and they're done. They're toast. And this is geared specifically to record the human voice. So there's not a ton of bass in it, and there's not a ton of upper, 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 upper highs either. So it's kind of mid-rangey, but realize you can always tweak some of these microphones, and I'm going to plug in a couple here. But what's nice about this is it looks a little bit like the Electrovoice RE320's baby brother. It's about half that size. It has a really strong pop filter. So as I talk right now, I have it pointed at the corner of my mouth. Now, if I if I go directly into it, you'll see you you hear a little more clarity in my S's and T's now. But now if I say something like happy peanut butter, yeah, see when I said peanut, see, I'm popping it. So, But all I do is I point it at the corner of my mouth. So that's one tip for today mic placement, point things at the corner of your mouth. And then what you can do is say, okay, right now I'm talking directly into it. And now it's about at 11 o'clock, happy peanut butter. And actually right there, I'm not getting any pops, but usually I have it about 10, uh, uh, 10 o'clock on a clock. So it's, that's the kind of the corner that it's pointing at. And so I could see if you were using really any mixer or whatever, but this really seems to be tailored to the Rodecaster Pro. But again, you can use it with anything. So I can see going on the road with a Rodecaster Pro, and this takes up so very little room, and it's really, really durable. So if you're a person that's going to be doing, basically, I need to bring a studio with me, this is a great addition to the Rodecaster Pro, which is what I'm using right now. And I have it I have it set that I'm using the Rode Pod Mic because it's kind of geared for that. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to unplug this microphone and plug in a Samson Q2U, which is another microphone that I really like. It's typically uh, a little bassier than most of the bikes I use, but just to show you a little different. So here we go with disconnecting the pod mic and plugging in the Samson Q2U. So again, pointing this about 10 o'clock at my mouth, whereas if my nose is 12 noon, the microphone is at about 10 o'clock. So yeah, I can already hear a little more bass in this and maybe a little more clarity, but it's got a different uh, frequency range and all microphones do. So, and the pod mic goes for about 95. Uh, right now, the Samson Q2U has no pop filter on it, so I, I can hear where I'm kind of popping it a little bit. But now, just to make things completely unfair, I'm going to use my typical microphone, which is the Electrovoice RE320, which is closer to a $300 microphone. And so I'm holding the Electrovoice RE320, and it's interesting. It's not quite as bassy, not quite as clear. They both, this this reminds me a little more of the pod mic. It's a little more mid-centric. And, but the, here's the thing, with all three of those microphones, none of those sounded bad. Now, you might say, well, this one sounds better than that one, and that one sounds better than... But none of them were a situation where you go, oh, I couldn't listen to that. There's no... If that was what they were going to re-record with, I say that when I hear people use a Blue Yeti that don't know how to use it, and they're talking into the top of it, and they have it set up to pick up in every direction there is. I go, oh, I'm not going to do that when somebody's using the built-in microphone in their laptop or the microphone from their webcam but none of these microphones sound bad, and you could easily tweak any of these. So I said the pod mic sounded like it had a little more mid-range, a little more nailing to it, you know, and you could easily move those out. I uh, In a recent episode of the podcast rodeo show, somebody had a guest on that was on the phone, and you could pull the mid-range out of a episode and make the phone sound a little warmer. It's still going to sound like the phone, but you can go in – 
to a equalizer and just pull out the mid-range. And the easiest way to, to figure that out is to just go in and by the mid-range, I go, oh, there's there's one on the far left and one on the far right. Let's go into the middle, hence the mid-range. And you just grab a little knob and turn it. And you go, oh, that, that makes it sound like that now. Well, okay, I don't want it to sound like that, so maybe I'm going to pull some of that out. So you can tweak any of these microphones to sound great. I just like the, the pod mic is pretty cool because it's really durable. It's really short and small, but yet has a pretty good windscreen built into it, which is kind of cool. So like I said, I could see if I was doing traveling and I wanted to set up a full studio in somebody's office to record them, that would be a pretty cool uh, addition to the team. All right. And we're back on the pod mic. And what I want to do here, I have a couple things we want to talk about. I'm, I'm going to call this a uh, podcast soup. And or stew, take your pick, whichever one you're hungriest for. I have a bunch of little topics that I need to talk about. So I'm going to put them all in this episode. And if you're new to this, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or an Overcast or any app that uses chapters, I have chapter markers in here. So if you're like, oh, this doesn't apply to me, you can just go to the next section. So, hey, this is Future Dave, and I've gone in to let you know. Normally, I don't talk about how the sausage is made. I'm back on the pod mic in as we move forward, but I've gone through and tweaked the EQ to take out some of that mid-range. So back to the pod mic with a better EQ. The first thing I want to talk about is I'm in the middle of rewriting the book, More Podcast Money. I've actually got a publisher on this one, which is uh, going to be something new for me. And I'm doing more interviews. I want to interview more podcasts. If you are making any money, as in like anything above 0.00, and you want to be considered to be mentioned in the book, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. I'm trying to interview more podcasters to better identify strategies on what is and is not working. And also, like for me, uh, the majority of my income comes from my membership site, but I get a fair amount from affiliate income, and also I do consulting, so that's in there as well. I am seeing that it seems like most podcasters have multiple streams of income. So if you are making any money with your podcast, I would love to contact you and uh, interview you for the book. And speaking of contacting you, we should mention that the question of the month, and this is going to tie in really nicely in a second. We're going to talk about Google, but since we're talking about coming out to the website, I need this by Friday. August 23rd. The question of the month is, you ready? What was the last thing you shared that was not yours? So what was it and why did you share it? Now, of course, also mention what your podcast is and where we can find it. So be sure to tell me what your website is. And that's what it is. And the reason for that is we're looking into why people share things. That's the, that's what I'm looking for there. I'm always looking for the why. So again, and all you have to do is, is go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. If you've already recorded something, you can upload it. If you haven't, you can use SpeakPipe. You can actually call it in 888-563-3228. And uh, that's, the, that's the question of the month. Again, what have you shared? What's the last thing you shared that was not yours and why? And then tell us about your podcast. So the other ingredient here in the podcast soup is there's been a lot of news lately and some of it doesn't apply. And so if you're wondering, well, Dave, what's your, what's your thought on that whole e-com something radio company bought some sort of pineapple, such and such. 
And I go, exactly. That's why I'm not talking about it. What it is, it's a, a big company that has lots of involvement in radio, bought a content creation company, much like Spotify bought Gimlet, which is a content creation company. This is the, the company was behind things like uh, Missing Richard Simmons and a couple other really good podcasts. I met Jenna at uh, the On Air Festival in New York City. She's great, and she, she gave some great insight. She's the person that said, if you gave me 5% of the budget of a TV pilot, I could do a podcast for a full year. And I was like, whoa, that's inside. I can't get any place else. So her company was purchased. So that's kind of cool. So what does that mean? Well, for you and me, nothing. That's why I'm not really talking about it. Because this is, you know, big people in big offices and things like that. Uh, major For the indie podcaster, this doesn't affect us. I don't think they're looking. I don't think anybody's looking to buy the school of podcasting at this point. So hence, that's all I'm going to talk about that. It does mean that we see where bigger companies with bigger budgets are focusing on what? Not the microphones. They're focusing on the content. Now, the other thing that I do want to talk about is last week, Google announced that podcast episodes are going to start appearing in Google search results. Let me read from their little press release starting today, which I think was two days ago, which was, uh, I don't know, the 9th of August, 2019. When you're searching for a podcast about a topic in Google, such as podcast about Aquafina or, and it says instant pot recipes podcast. And I said, wait, instant pot. Wait, what is Google doing? What are they smoking over at Google? I think what they mean is Instapot. Most people call that the Instapot, not Instant Pot. That's a very, that's a very someone who really likes syllables. The Instant Pot Recipe Podcast. Let's overpronunciate all our words. But anyway, so if you're looking for a podcast about Aquafina, which so makes me want to go start a podcast about Aquafina, by the way, or Instant Pot Recipes Podcast, we'll show you playable episodes in search results alongside web pages, news, images, and videos. That's cool. That let's think about that. You do a search for Aquafina, you get images, you get videos, you get news, you get web pages, and your podcast. Now we're talking. Because we I always say we want to go play in traffic. Traffic just came to play with us. That's cool. They say we'll service these episodes based on Google's understanding of what's being talked about on a podcast, which means you need good show notes. So you can find even more relevant information about a topic in audio form. Soon, you won't necessarily need the term podcast in your search to see episodes, making podcast discovery simpler across search. That's an internet. Now that's when I'm like, okay. And so if the other thing that I didn't talk about was Apple for, I think it was 10 days, took away their categories. And I, I swear it gave me the vapors. I was like, what, what am I to do? There's no, there's no categories. How will I search for a podcast? If only there was a thing like a big search engine that I could use. Oh, God, good golly, Miss Molly. So, uh, it, you know, people lost their minds and now they're back. And to their credit, they added a bunch of categories. Yay. And they took some away. Boo. One of the ones they took away was in the technology pod in the technology category they had a subcategory called podcasting 
And that's where I was listed because, hey, I do a show about podcasting, but unfortunately, everybody else went, well, I have a podcast. I'll put my show in the podcasting category, Davey. And uh, yeah, so they kind of ruined that category. And Apple went, well, nobody quite understands that a podcast about podcasting should be in the podcast category. But, you know, what are you going to do? So they removed that out. So where do I go? I don't know. Do I go in business marketing? Do I go in education how to? And here's how I approach this. I don't care. I'm going to pick the one I think is best, which I think right now I'm in education how to, because it is the school of podcasting. And I also think business marketing is probably going to be really, really full. So I'm like, okay, now I'm not going to be something stupid like, hey, let's put the school of podcasting in kids and family. Because that makes about as much sense as let's put the three guys, one brain show in the podcasting technology you know, thing. So I found the best one that I think fits me. And because your podcast is a recipe and not a statue, I can always change that later. But here's why I don't really give a whole, uh, you know, to about categories. According to a report from Jacobs Media, 70 percent, seven out of 10 people find shows via word of mouth and only 11 percent. Search in an app. So while we are all freaking out about how are people going to find my show on Apple Podcasts, I'm here to tell you that seven people over here aren't worried about it. And, you know, one person, let's see, 70, what is that, 81? So, yeah, and 11 people, wait, seven over here. No, 70 people are over here. 11 people are over here. Don't do math in a podcast. And I was like, uh, no. So, 11 people search in the app. Another study that was done by WNYC Studios, which is a radio slash podcast company, and Edison Research, who does a ton of podcast stats, said 84% of WNYC Studios listeners report having recommended a podcast to a friend. There's that word of mouth thing. While 78% overall report having recommended a podcast to a friend. So we need to maybe start telling our audience, hey, if you get a chance Share this with somebody because that seems to be the way people are being found. One in three WNYC studio listeners share podcasts on social media. Uh, Podcast listeners also report having discovered the medium in on their smartphone via public radio programming and 13% from an article or program. I have heard iHeartRadio is really starting to push podcasting. They're starting to tell people that they are the top podcast, blah, blah, blah. And we're all like, um, no, but they're saying it. So yay, yay, lay, yay, slander. Uh, I'm sure they have some sort of bizarre stats uh, that prove that they're number one uh, among people named iHeart. That's probably the uh, the graph that they're on. So people are finding things via word of mouth, and they said via an article. Well, how do people find articles via Google? And so. When I saw Google come on and they said, we're going to double podcast downloads, I went, that's okay. But that was a a pretty bold statement. And when I started to see them not only make the Google podcast app, which in my opinion still has a ways to go, but they were updating it. I was like, all right, it looks like they're really going to kind of put some thought into this. I started studying SEO and that is something I could study every single day forever and still not know enough. It is, boy, talk about a moving target. But here's some, I have four little tips here that I've, and this is just based on my very limited knowledge. I've, I've watched a couple courses, but number one, always write your show notes for humans. 
And so this is where, let's say that this podcast, this particular episode is about Google SEO. I wouldn't want to write an article. It's like today on the podcast, we talk about Google SEO because using Google SEO, you can find more traffic that will come to your website when you use proper Google SEO because Google SEO and you're just like, okay, I get it. Don't do that. And that's where sometimes I worry about transcripts because transcripts are based on how we talk, not how we write. And so sometimes transcripts are very hard to read. And so I, I always go, Hmm, you know, that's that, that written word is really meant for people to listen to, not to read. So always write for humans and don't try to keyword stuff. Uh, in the same way that Apple, by the way, will is still kicking people out. And somebody this week, uh, I work for Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. It's short for Liberated Syndication. Get a free month using the coupon code SOP free at Libsyn.com. Said, hey, and her, her title of her podcast was just chock full of keywords. They were just stuffing. Like, it wasn't a question of, are they stuffing? It was like, holy cow, are they stuffing? And uh, I reminded her, I said, hey, I just need to let you know, it's probably only a matter of time till you get kicked out of Apple Podcasts because you're keyword stuffing. And they replied, well, the person who taught me how to podcast told me to do that, to which I say, and that's that's one of the times where I'm just like, oh, please join the school of podcasting. But I'm not allowed to do that when I work for Libsyn. I cannot poach Libsyn customers because that's that's just not cool. So if you're listening today, lose that uh, whoever is teaching you how to podcast is not up on the latest stuff and you're going to get kicked out of Apple. The other thing you need to know in SEO. So number one, always write for humans. Number two, you need to know where your site ranks. And so you need, there are tools and we'll talk about tools here in a second. Like how popular is your website? And there are tools that you can go in and say, Oh wow, I'm, I'm a certain number. And you're like, great. Cause you need to know where that is. And that's number three, Find some keywords that fit your audience and your website rank uh, to figure out where it's going to show up in the results. Now, that doesn't make any sense. I just read that out loud. I'm like, wow, that's a horrible sentence. So here's what I mean by that. So let's say I'm just going to throw out a number. Let's say I'm a 47 out of 100. And, you know, Google and Amazon and all these other sites are like 100. And I'm like 47. So the good news is I'm not 5. I'm not 10. I'm not 20. I'm 47. I'm like, okay. I can do a keyword research tool and find a keyword that I'm like, oh, I'm going to do an episode about that. And let's say I'm a 47 and it's like a 44. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That means I can rank for that search. Now, that search term may not be something that people search for all the day, every day, like tons and tons and tons of searches. But I will actually be able to be top dog potentially for that lesser known keyword. So I'm now a big fish in a small pond, but that is bringing more fish to my pond, meaning Google. And Google's like, wow, okay, this person is ranking for these lesser known keywords. But when people go there, they stay there. So that must be really good content, which then starts to rise or bring up your whole website in the search results. So that's one way to do that. But you have to know where your podcast ranks. And I'll talk about tools here in just a second. And then again, so the idea is you go after the the kind of lower hanging fruit in your niche that other people aren't going for. And that will then bring on the process of bringing up your whole website. But here's the other thing. As I get into this and I dig deeper and deeper and deeper, SEO 
is number one, search engine optimization. And we should just call it Go because it should just be called Google optimization. But there are other search engines. There's what's the one Duck, Duck, Goose or something like that. And then there's this other one from Microsoft called Bing. But most people, I mean, Google is a verb. Yes, it's a, a search engine, but it's also a verb. And search engine optimization is like bowling or golf. If you've done either of these, there are lots of moving pieces. Uh, when you golf, you have to keep your head down, but you know, watch the weight on your back foot and keep your elbow straight to do that. When you're bowling, it's like, here's how you hold the ball. And if you're going to do a uh, put spin on your ball, you got to do this and keep your elbow straight and look at the pins. And there's all these moving parts to make a really good shot. And so I say this when it comes to SEO, mastering the understanding of SEO is exhausting. I just seems like everything I look into, I'm like, holy cow. But there are some tools to get you going in the right direction. So I've got a couple courses here. I do not have a course yet. I am working on one. I'm starting to do the outline. Again, trying to find out the stuff that's important. What do I need to know? What's the stuff that works? And then how can I get you to do this on your website and have it be, you know, quick? How, what's what's going to be the most efficient? So probably the first podcast geared for podcasters about SEO is from my buddy, Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast. It is creatively named SEO for Podcasters. And that goes over things like how to not only uh, position your show in Apple, but it does have some things there for Google. And I uh, asked Daniel, he said, yep, there is an updated version coming out uh, eventually. So that's the cool thing about that. A course that I took that I found, this is the first time when I really got into keyword research and it had a lot of really good stuff and a lot of really good tools is from uh, my buddy Jurgen. He does the podcast growth show. He's, his company is Polymash and he has an SEO marketing course. So it's just all about SEO marketing. That was really good. I took that one. And then I recently just did a free month at Skillshare and they have, again, a ton of classes here on everything you can think of. And there's a guy named uh, Rand Fishkin and he started a company called SEO Moz. I think most people just call it Moz. And it's one of the top, if not the top sites on SEO. And there are two classes in there and I've watched most of the intro one. I'm getting ready to go through the advanced one here. Really good stuff. In fact, I'm going to play a clip from, from Rand a little later. Uh, if you're looking for a free tool to kind of help uh, all this keyword research and studying and things like that, Mangools, it's a weird name, uh, is a suite of tools and they have a free version. And then kind of like many things, if you need to use it all the time and go super duper deep into it, there's a paid version. It's not that expensive. This tool is free. It's called Uber Suggest from Neil Patel. Neil Patel has a really good YouTube channel. He's a really good guy. And it gives you tons of data. He actually said, look, all this stuff that you're paying for, you can get it for free. Somebody just has to organize it. And so he did. And the thing I thought that was weird about it is he made this super powerful tool and it's fairly easy to use. But nonetheless, if you're new to SEO, you're like, wait, what does all this mean? And they're really, I looked at his channel quite a bit. I could not find a how to use Uber Suggest kind of 101 type video. And I found that from a guy named WP Crafter, who actually, I like his channel as well. He has a lot of courses like on Elementor, on Beaver Builder. Uh, he is a WordPress guru guy. So he's using it because he teaches people how to do e-commerce, 
how to build websites, how to make them look pretty, but he's also e-commerce and then SEO. So I found his thing as well. If you're not using the Yoast plugin for WordPress, that is a great tool that is also, again, free. And then they have the paid version. And then the other one I've been using on the on my website is uh, called Insights. Uh, and what it is, it's a tool that pulls in your Google Analytics. Uh, it's from Monster Insights. And it's really easy then to go in because Google Analytics is another thing like SEO that you're like, wow, you go in, you're like, I don't know where to start. There's so many numbers and graphs and charts and holy cow. And Monster Insights is a free plugin for WordPress that makes it really easy to go in and say, what are like the top 10 posts on my website? Because maybe I need to do more of those. What are the ones that aren't doing well at all? Uh, I will say that this particular plugin can make you wet your pants because there are times when you'll go in and you'll just see where traffic has gone to for your website. And you can kind of look in things, but that happens, you know, by the way, especially in July and summer months, uh, traffic to websites and sometimes the podcast goes down because we're all on vacation. So keep that in mind. So those are some tools that I use that I've been using a little bit. And like I said, most of those are free. Uh, some of those courses are paid. I think Skillshare has a free uh, month where you can sign up. That's what I did. I've just been blowing through courses. And then after the first month, I'll probably cancel it depending on things like that. But uh, I think moving forward, again, if we go back to that original question, who do you think people are going to go to to search more, Apple or Google to find a podcast? And we are so focused on the categories and Apple rankings and new and noteworthy and chartable charts and blah, blah, none of that. You know, there's a thing I just, I think it was pod find all these different charts keep coming up and yeah, they're cool. They're fun. There's a supposed discovery problem in, in podcasting. I think discovery problem usually means my podcast isn't being discovered problem, not so much an overall discovery problem. And so people keep creating these tools to solve a problem that doesn't really exist because there is a thing called Google. And all you have to do is put the topic of your show podcast. And now not only will your show pop up, but maybe now episodes will be showing up. So those are some things that if you have extra time, I personally don't know what that phrase means. You might want to start looking into getting a, just a little bit better knowledge on basic SEO practices. And the big one for me that I just, I just get sad when I see people do this is they totally ignore the headline, the title of your episode. That is so important. And I still see people putting things like school of podcasting episode 683 as the title of their episode. That doesn't make anybody want to click. But if I said, you know, uh, five tools to get you better rankings in Google, you might click on that. And so put some thought into your headline. If you go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash headlines, I've got a free tool there that you can download and all sorts of kind of quick tutorials that I found on making good headlines uh, that you can use. And that is free, but that's the one that I, I think you can start with is just making better hot headlines and think about, is this going to entice people to click? Because as I wrap up this subject here, think about this. When you turn on the TV or if you turn on the radio, something starts, some show comes on and starts playing. You turn on the radio. For those of you that remember radio, 
Something would start coming out of your speakers. When you turn on a podcast, nothing happens. Zero. You are given a list of what do you want to listen to first, and what are you looking at? Headlines. That's why headlines are so important. But I mentioned this is we're going to, so that's my, my bit on SEO. But I was listening to the course by Rand Fishkin, and he's talking about SEO on how you can try things and some of it will work. And then he said something that I really was like, wow, that's cool that he just said that. He goes, some of it is not. It's not a, 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 a light switch that you just flip on and it comes on. And he goes, you can try some stuff, but it may or may not work. We have best practices. We have insights. And we're pretty sure this is going to work, but there's no guarantees. And then he came up with this story. And I want to share this with you. When I started Moz, I spent five nights a week, uh, Sunday to Thursday night. I didn't blog on you know, Friday and Saturday night. But every night from uh, about 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., you know, sitting at home, with Geraldine and I, my wife and I, had a, a crappy little apartment and barely any room. But it took two years, a full two years, before I ever had a sense that the blog I was writing, that the content I was creating was getting any success and traction, before I started seeing those first page rankings, before I started seeing Moz's work get represented on other websites and earn press and attention and uh, influence in the sphere, before I ever got my first conference invitation, it was three years of that. This is a long-term process. And folks who you might look up to uh, in your industry or in others are not overnight successes. They're people who've put in the time. If you can build a culture that thinks about the long term, that's willing to put in that time and effort, you're going to be far more successful. So there's an example. I'm sharing this with you. Why? Because it reinforces I say all the time that if you're getting into podcasting and you want to quit your day job in six weeks, it's not going to happen. It's just not. It takes years to build an audience. And I know some people like to point at John Lee Dumas and say, look, he had his first sponsor after six months. And I go, John was doing a daily show. You're doing a weekly show. If John was doing a weekly show, six months would equal, you guessed it, three years of programs. So I say that not to discourage you, but just so you know that it takes years sometimes to build an audience. So Again, that's from the uh, Skillshare SEO class featuring Rand Fishkin and all of links to all this stuff at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 683. And the last thing I want to throw in here, because I got to start packing a suitcase, is I'm going to be at Podcast Movement next week. If you are as well, I'm saying right now, you have my absolute permission to come up and shake my hand Give me a hug, whatever you want to do. I want to meet you. And I had somebody once tell me a story. They said, I got on an elevator with you and it was just me and you. And I saw your name tag and I was too nervous to say hi. And I'm here to say, please don't be nervous. Please realize I want to meet you. That's one of the reasons why I go to these things. And I, I, I just, I don't know what else to say that I'm, I'm a nice guy. Hopefully, I, one of the best compliments I've ever had, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him, Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv, who is the co-host of uh, Ask the Podcast Coach. He gave me one of the best compliments ever. He goes, you know, when you meet you in person, you're just like you are on the podcast because that's 
That's what I'm shooting for. It's just me being me. If you could see me right now, I'm waving my hands around because I talk with my hands. So if you are at podcast movement and you see me and you want to say hi, please do not think you're bugging me ever. It's really easy to find me. I'm going to be at the Libsyn booth most of the time. I'm I'm speaking twice and I've got a couple little meetings, but most of the time, if you stop by the Libsyn booth, I'm going to be sitting there talking and I would love to talk to you. So Thanks so much for listening, and next week's uh, episode should be fun. We'll see if we can carry on the tradition of me sounding like Barry White, because I will literally be talking for 8 to 10 hours a day, 5 days straight. It's always fun when I come back from podcast movement. And uh, so stay tuned to see what Dave's going to sound like. Until then, class is dismissed. Take care, and God bless. (laughs) 